This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. Hello, and welcome to the Holocron Histories podcast, where we talk about all things legends versus canon in regards to Star Wars. I am one of your hosts, Teacup or Austin. And I am Ben of Tamaria. All right. Well, Ben, what do we have to talk about today? Yeah, today we're going to go on with more of the theme with the factions. So how we talked about the Sith and the Jedi uh, first, we are now diving into some of the bigger factions, such as the Galactic Republic today. That is a big faction. So with Legends, um, so we're going to start with the formation of the Galactic Republic. Uh, the Republic was born with the ratification of the Galactic Constitution in 25,000 53 BBY during the Unification Wars, during the time where humans and the Duros uh, reverse-engineered the Force-based technologies of the Infinite Empire to create the first hyperdrive, allowing Coruscant to become the capital of the Galactic Republic. And then 53 years later, it would remain that way for 25,000 years. So the Infinite Empire was the empire that was um, created by the Rakata, as we talked about in our previous episodes. They were a force-based uh, species that combined the force with technology. And then shortly after the formation of the Republic, the Perlimian trade route was mapped, linking Coruscant to Osis, and then bringing the Jedi Knights to the Republic. Um, Osis being, as we talked in a previous episode as well, was the first homeworld where the Jedi Order first constructed the Order. And that way, now, so with this hyperspace lane, they were able to connect both the Republic with the Jedi. And, you know, further down the line, as time goes on, eventually they do join, as we see in most games or even the books. Uh, through history, often recalls the Republic was is a, typically peaceful, but they do have numerous conflicts throughout their history, such as the Hundred Year Darkness, the Old Sith Wars, the Volter Cataclysm, the Mandalorian Wars, the Jedi Civil War, the New Sith Wars, and then uh, the Clone Wars. So the Jedi is, or the, not Jedi, the Republic is generally is a peaceful faction. They That's what they strive for. Um, but obviously there's always the other faction, the Empire, that always, always wants to control the galaxy, so they're always at war. So now we get into the early history of the Galactic Republic. At first, the government on Coruscant wished to slow, do a slow expansion, despite the promotion of hyperspace exploration. However, during this, um, the against the government's wishes, the membership of the Republic boomed for its first millennium of existence, mainly due to worlds wishing to join the as uh, protection against the Hut Empire. 
in 25,000 BBY. So this is only 53 years after the formation. Uh, the capital, its capital had officially become the Galactic Hub. And by the time uh, the Hut Empire had fallen and became uh, Hut Space. And as for the Galactic Hub, that would be Coruscant. Yeah. Um, it's always interesting that Coruscant comes back over and over again as the gal- as like the galactic center when it's just one of the what's called the core worlds. Um, it's just interesting that they choose Coruscant when like previously there are other like big players in the um, core worlds. Yeah, I, I think it just comes down to of uh, Coruscant has it can retain high population compared to most other i mean you see in coruscant there's multiple levels to where there's thousands upon thousands of levels to where it just houses millions upon millions of of uh, civilians with that i mean compared to other worlds in the core worlds i think as a galactic hub it's probably the best one at least in my opinion just because the how many how many people can be on the planet no and it'll just be interesting when we talk about canon just talking about we might not get into this but the decision that coruscant is not the center of the galactic republic post-empire correct so then uh for years the jedi knights um in this uh, ancient armies and natives of the republic Defended against violence, around 24,500 BBY, the first great uh, schism occurred after the legions of Leto were established by the distant Jedi who believed the true power was achieved not through passive meditation, as taught by the Jedi Masters, but through emotion. And I didn't go into much detail around this, but... I believe that was, if you ever play Star Wars The Old Republic MMO, there's a separate Jedi faction called the Green Jedi that are on Corellia, which they deal with more of emotion than they deal with meditation. So it's like a little separate side faction of the Jedi that are in the Republic. And then during the Great Manifest period, so this is between 20,000 through 17,000 BBY, the Republic expanded eastwards across the galaxy. Eventually, the uh, Republic expanded past the galactic northern and southern borders of the slice. Through most of the galaxy was still unknown, except for the outposts such as Ord Mantel, uh, which was established in 12,000 BBY, and then the Masalar Malastar in 8,000 BBY. the space west of Coruscant still remained unexplored since analogs to the Primalian uh, trade route and the Corellian run and the direction still had not been discovered. So the Republic is expanding both east and west, um, becoming a bigger influence in the galaxy. And eventually this is going to start a giant conflict. 
So then around in 9,000 BBY, and this is very interesting, Byleth the Hutt became the Supreme Chancellor and ruled the Galactic Republic for 275 years during the Rhinotus period. Unlike most other Huts, uh, Biotus was a designated and just ruler, or distinguished and just ruler, at least for at least by 7,308 BBY, the Galactic Standard Calendar was fixed. So it's interesting to know there was a Hut Chancellor. When we know in history, huts are typically not wanting to be in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, I think Wikipedia um, describes huts as inherently greedy and self-serving. So it's interesting that one would become Supreme Chancellor and be classified as a just ruler. Yeah, and light. Like, that's the other thing. Like, most most people in the galaxy don't like huts. And there's typically a very good reason why they don't like huts. It's because they're typically the ones in charge of, you know, crime syndicates and ruling um, with a firm fist, iron fist kind of a style. Right. So then in uh, 5000 BBY, the Jedi and the old Sith Empire clashed in the Great Hyperspace War. Uh, many worlds were forever uh, scarred by the battle, uh, but the Jedi were able to repulse the invaders. After that, the Republic granted the Jedi land over a Force Nexus, a sacred mountain on Coruscant, over the Jedi Temple, which where the Jedi Temple was constructed. Um, the Sith were defeated in the same year, but were not destroyed. So now we get into the time period of the old Sith Wars. So in the year 4015 BBY, um, the Great Droid Revolution happened on Coruscant, led by HK-01, who was eventually defeated by Arca Jeth and the Jedi. Uh, during this conflict, Arca Jeth discovered techniques for disabling machines through the use of the Force. So, and I mean, if anybody realize, like gets the reference, HK zero one is HK the HK series of droids were assassination droids. Um. Yes. Also, um, Arca Jeth in. KOTOR 2, if you use console commands, you can basically console command in her robes, or their robes for you to wear. Um, And I believe it gives you kind of bonuses against droids and such, which is interesting. Um, But it's something that was added to the game, but you have to be like level... 40 or 50 before it starts spawning in in the Knights of the Old Republic 2, uh, oh, which God. is which is impossible to get even in the bait, even with... I say by that time you beat the game, you're like level 30. <laughs> yeah, um, and even with... The way to get to the highest level in just the base game is you have to have Kreia in your party at all times because she gives you an XP boost. Um, mm. But yeah, so... 
it's impossible in the base game, but through the use of console commands or, you know, modding, you can get there and get those robes. But they do exist in the game. That's interesting. I didn't know that. See, I always played, you know, KOTOR 1 and 2 on console before I had a PC, so I wasn't able to do all that fancy uh, console commands or anything like that. (laughs) Well, if you have a chance to play KOTOR 2 with the restored content mod oh i have recommend it i have it downloaded i just haven't started it yet (laughs) highly recommend yeah so following these conflicts were those of the old sith wars which began in 4000 bby uh which almost destroyed the republic so during the great sith war which was 4000 bby to 3996 bby the sith lords xr kun and olic keldroma along with their uh craft and mandalorian allies waged war on the republic with their own sith empire causing devastation until they were defeated by the combined jedi and republic forces and Exar Kun, just a little bit on him, he was a very powerful force wielder, which I believe, if I recall, Exar Kun was once a Jedi and then became a Sith Lord. And him alone changed the course of the Sith during his reign. Yeah, he. I believe he is also the inventor of the double-bladed lightsaber. Yes, I believe so. And these would then be followed by the Mandalorian Wars, uh, 3,976 to 3,960 BBY. Uh, They were fought between the Mandalorian forces, hoping to expand their colonies beyond the Outer Rim territories and the Galactic Republic, which feared uh, further incursions. The Mandalorian Wars were a prelude to the more devastating Jedi Civil War, which was 3,959 to 3,956 BBY. The Jedi Civil War was also known to some as the War of the Star Forge, uh, which was fought between the Republic and the Sith Empire under Darth Revan and Darth Malak. So this is where KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2 comes in. Uh, KOTOR 1 is the after, like, so you Spoiler warning, if you don't want to hear this, skip a couple minutes, like a minute ahead. But you, the player character, you find out you're Revan. Well, you, Revan, lead a Jedi team um, against the Council, against the Mandalorians that were trying to attack the Republic. Eventually you get, you know, banished from the Order and then go out into the Outer Rim, get brainwashed, become a Sith Lord, come back, and then it's the start of KOTOR 1. And the Jedi Civil War was shortly before the events of KOTOR 2 with the Jedi Exile. Yeah, so for me it was always unclear because they referred to the conflict of Revan versus Malak, or Revan and Malak versus the Republic as the Jedi Civil War. And then whatever happens with the Jedi exile is something different, I guess. But it is kind of just like a continuation. Mm-hmm. Um, I always viewed KOTOR 2 as kind of a, a prelude to the new Sith Wars. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then uh, then we get to in three thousand six hundred eighty-one BBY. This if empire were turned to wage war against the Republic in the Great Galactic War, the war greatly weakened the Republic, um, accumulating in the sacking of Coruscant and the signing of the Treaty of Coruscant in three thousand six hundred fifty-three BBY. The Treaty of Coruscant placed several major burdens on the Republic. A large economic depression began. Slowly, the the rebuilding process and stalling efforts to restore peace. The Treaty of Coruscant also forced the Republic to abandon many longtime allies, including the uh, Bothans. The Republic was forced to relinquish control of many planets to the Empire, such as Balmora. So... The Great Galactic War is actually the events of Star Wars The Old Republic. So in the MMO, you are, depending on what character you class you choose, you are in this time period of where the Republic and Sith Empire are waging war against each other. And Balmora was actually a Republic-controlled planet, which they used as a prison. The entire planet is a prison planet. So think of like modern day earth but like you know like when australia before australia became a country it was where they dumped a bunch of fugitives criminals and all that and then you know australia became a country balmore is basically like the same thing interesting and then at an unspecified point in galactic history the sith empire would eventually fall uh with the with darth De Silvos, having set up his own faction over a century after the internal empire invasion. So the reason why it says eventually would fall is because we're still getting Legends content um, because the Old Republic MMO is still an ongoing game, um, which I play. Uh, the game's been out for ongoing. Uh, it just celebrated 10 years back in November. And still ongoing, so we'll eventually probably get to that point, but who knows. And then now we get into the new Sith Wars. So in 2000 BBY, the Republic once more faced the menace of the Sith with the fall of Darth Rune and the rise of the new Sith Empire. This time, the Jedi took the forefront of the war against the revived Order. And then uh, the Republic itself shrank more to a rump state surrounding the core world inner colonies, and other worlds outside of it. Uh, the Sith Empire encompassing virtually the rest of the entire galaxy, the Jedi took over absolute authority, ruling the remainder of the Republic directly. So this is interesting because normally the Jedi typically take a back seat on a lot of things to where the Republic Senate or the Supreme Chancellor are typically the ones in command or in charge with how big of a threat the Sith are, the Jedi just overruled everybody. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. And we see in the movies, like, you know, the Jedi Council don't want to do anything. It's like, oh, this Republic needs to do what they need to do. Until, you know, Palpatine doesn't want to give up power, then they are forced to act. But then uh, the Senate was bypassed, with sole governing power residing in the Jedi, while the Republic's armed forces were absorbed into the Jedi Army of Light. So the Jedi 
and the Army of the Republic joined into one faction at this time. And then after nearly 500 years of continued war, the Army of Light had uh, beat back the Sith to the planet of Rusin and then finally defeated and then they were finally defeated in 1000 BBY at the Seventh Battle of Rusin. Although almost all the forces of the Army of Light were on Rusin also perished, this lone Sith survivor, Darth Bane, subsequently initiated the role of two, meaning that they were only given there at a time, there would be a one Sith Master and one Sith Apprentice. So from previous episodes, you know, as in our Sith episode, Darth Bane was a huge, huge important factor in the Sith the Sith's history and knowing he's one of the few survivors of this massive war that, you know, was on for 500 years is insane something. And like, it's really important to state that like all of this history that leads up to the seventh battle of Rusan in a thousand BBY is all kind of building to this point of what is about to happen in like Darth Bane. Um, the Jedi and Sith have been fighting in massive conflicts for tens of thousands of years. And Darth Bane looks at that and he actually gets inspiration from a holocron that is Darth Revan's. Um, yes. And so, and so like both Bane and Darth Revan are technically fathers of the rule of two. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just because it's all of that kind of culminates. Um, and Bane's whole thing is that the reason that he wants the rule of two to be implemented is because he views the Sith as weak. Um, and he actually plays an instrumental role in the wiping out of both the Sith and the Jedi on Rusan. Yeah. Yeah. And with the, and I do remember, um, he does look, I mean, yes, he looks at the, as the Sith of the week, but it's, there's also like, they were killing each other while these wars are going on. This 500 year war is going on. The Sith themselves were not only like, yeah, they were fighting the Jedi and the Republic at the same time, but they were fighting the monks themselves, which I know Darth Bane doesn't see as a good thing for the Sith to do if you're just wiping each other out on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So now we get into the decline of the Republic. Um, so as the Republic grew more and more powerful, many of the bureaucrats and senators that ran the re- government grew increasingly corrupt or complacent. The uh, bureaucracy that had grown and fostered over millennia choked uh, any attempt at effective government. So this is the decline of the Republic in this era. This is where we're going to get into the modern day of Star Wars with the prequel films all the way up to the um, Galactic Empire when the Republic becomes the Empire. Um, so during this time, 32 BBY, the center of Naboo, uh, who is Palpatine, uh, his home world was under siege by the Trade Federation despite the full-scale invasion of the planet. The call uh, to condemn the invasion was tied up in bureaucracy, um, bureaucratic procedure. So, you know, 
if you watch episode one, uh, The Phantom Menace, you know, the Republic barely does anything with this invasion because they're fighting the Senate is fighting amongst themselves, trying to figure out what to do. Because some want to get their hands dirty, others don't. They don't see it as a potential threat. They're just, you know, fighting amongst themselves. And then traditionally, the Chancellor could only serve two, four terms. But when Palpatine stayed in office much longer due to the prolonged separatist crisis that began on Raxus Prime in 24 BBY. And then, then we get up to the events of um, the Clone Wars, uh, episode two, episode three. And we all know what happens where, you know, Seth, um, Palpatine as chancellor does not give up his power even after the entire war uh, with the separatists, which you find out, you know, he's two timing. He's controlling both parties just so he can make one new party. Yeah. It's yeah. a crisis of his own making so we can use it as an excuse to solidify power. Yep. Because he's that sly and he's been playing in this, you know, who knows how long. So, yeah, that's what we got in uh, Legends for the Galactic Republic. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take our break and then we'll come back and talk about canon. All right. Well, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about all things that don't have to do with the Legends versus canon lore of the Star Wars universe. Uh, and I want to take this time to, if you're wondering how to support us, one of the best ways to do that is to leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. Um, this is a great opportunity to support the podcast and let other people know that you like what we do. Um, if you leave us a five-star review with some words on Apple, uh, you can we will read them on a future episode of the show. And Ben, I think we do have a review to read today. We do. So this review uh, is five stars. Judgment shall be passed. I am Dark Toasty of Toasterton Velopolis, and I have come past judgment on this podcast. I'm very impressed by the wealth of information both the hosts have been have when it comes to Star Wars. It's a heavy universe with massive amounts of lore, and both the hosts handle it tremendously. Also, it's really nice to see how Ben is growing and handling a project on his own. Keep up the great work, Teacup of Tamaria, uh, Toasty. And Toasty is one of my um, one of our friends from the Robots Radio uh, Robots Radio Network. He is one of the co-hosts for uh, the Witcher Lore Cast that I tend to be on once a month. Thanks, Toasty. Thanks for the review. All right. And Ben, I think you have a little announcement about uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. Yes. So uh, I've been getting back more into Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO. Um, So we actually started a a channel in in the CUPS Discord that we have for a Star Wars Old Republic guild. So if anybody is wanting to join, um, just join in our Discord and just you know post who you are what server you're on uh we mainly are going to be probably on the satil sean server which is one of the u.s servers that is for the old republic 
Yeah, that sounds fun. I would join y'all, but sadly I do not have I have a MacBook and that can't run the old republic, but it sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else for the middle of the show, Ben? No, that's that's really it. That's all I got right now. That's for today. All right. Well, let's jump back in. All right. So now that we talked about legends, we are going to go into the canon history of the old uh, of the Galactic Republic. So the found formation of the Galactic Republic in canon, uh, it was formed approximately in around five twenty five thousand BBY. So pretty close to what around the same time as what legends had it. Uh, it rose to power by extent expanding across the galaxy with several of its founding members being uh, the planets Alderaan and Trandelia. Trandelia. And then at some point, the Jedi Temple was constructed over a Sith shrine in, or- to, in order to contain its dark energy. Once it had established itself on Coruscant, the Jedi Order came to closely associate itself with the Old Republic, serving as guardians of peace and justice for over a thousand generations. So then we get into a time period of Clash of Destinies in the galaxy. So as the Old Republic spread its influence across the stars, it came into contact with various other powers, one of them being the Zygarian Slave Empire. Uh, Due to that, at some point in its past, the Old Republic declared slavery, slavery illegal and expected other civilizations of the galaxy to comply. Uh, it took an aggressive stance against Zygarians. So with that, I mean, there was always conflict with Zygarians because of slavery and with, you know, the Republic always being the stand-up model of peace and justice. Slavery is no good. Yeah, and you really see this kind of, like, it's alluded to in the prequels when, uh, like, Padme's talking about this republic's anti-slavery laws um Mm -hmm. but you really see this like tension like in the present day come to the forefront in the zygarian arc of the clone wars tv show um yes is that the one where anakin and ahsoka go like undercover uh no it's the one where they're all like taken as slaves um obi-wan is in like a mine ahsoka is a slave anakin basically ends up being kind of like for her more PG-13 audience, like a romantic slave of the Zygarian queen. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Yep. Yeah, um, it's a... It's a big deal. Yeah, it was a... Clone Wars tackled a lot of, like, mainstream themes, which is very surprising for a show like that. Then, eventually, the Sith would return in full strength, invading the Old Republic. From there, the Dark Order would eventually do battle with the Jedi and the Old Republic. So just like in Legends, the and during this Old Republic uh, era, the Sith do come back and do have war. Now, as far as in canon, there's not a whole lot of history of the time during the Old Republic since that isn't fleshed out yet. But I'm assuming we at some point we will get there. 
Um, so during one of the wars, the Jedi fought the Sith Empire on Malachor, which proved to be one of its most devastating battles in history of the Order. So just like in our previous one of our previous episodes, um, Malachor we see in Star Wars Rebels, where Ezra, Kane, and Ahsoka visit, the entire planet is petrified because of the Sith temple slash weapon that is on Malachor. And then at some point, the Old Republic came into contact with the Mandalorian people. The warrior civilization began a series of unprovoked military campaigns against the Old Republic. Later on, after an all-out war erupted, the Jedi stepped in to defend the Republic. So, hmm, wink, wink. That's kind of like how the Mandalorian Wars were. I think this was alluded in Rebels with uh, with Sabine, right? Yeah, there's a big... I don't want to spoil it. Go watch Rebels and watch the scene between Kanan and Sabine when he's training her because it's one of the best scenes in all of Star Wars. And so I'm not going to go into it because it's the best. It's my favorite scene. I'm a big Rebels stan. Yeah, Rebels (laughs) is great. And then the Galactic Republic also participated in the Sith Wars, a series of conflicts against the Sith Empire and evolving the Chiss ascendancy the ascendancy encountered a number of aliens before retreating to their borders and the chiss if anybody knows the chiss is a alien race outside of they are from the unknown regions and that is what admiral thrawn is he is a chiss that is his race and i mean besides admiral thrawn we don't really see many chiss in the star wars universe at least in canon. Um, if I do recall, though, in I believe it's Revenge of the Sith, the cameo that George Lucas did and his daughter were in Revenge of the Sith. They were, I believe, Chiss. They were dressed up in blue. Were they Chiss? Or I thought they were... Um... Oh, they might have been Twi'leks. I, don't, I can't remember. No, they weren't Twi'leks. They're, the planet's name is Pantora. Oh, yeah, you're right. They weren't Chiss. Um... They were blue. They're, yeah, they're characters <laughs> in the they're characters in the um, Clone Wars. But oh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because I believe the Chiss ascendancy plays a big role in later legends, like during the like New Republic, and because mm-hmm. they, they kind of are. The... Yeah, they're brought into the fold after the whole uh, Thrawn thing, mm-hmm. because in in Legends, Thrawn doesn't. Thrawn is a part of the Empire, but he comes back into a big play like after the fall of the Empire and the death of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, right now in canon, there's also the Thrawn books that the Ascendancy is also in. Um, I yes. just haven't had a chance to read the Thrawn books yet. And it's possible that with the new Ahsoka show coming, we might get a little more of the Chiss Ascendancy because we know that she's looking for Ezra and Ezra is wherever Thrawn is. We Correct. at least when we last saw them. That is true. So now we get into the fall of the Old Republic. Uh, the power of the Sith Empire increased during the fall of the Old Republic. The Sith soon achieved near dominance across the galaxy. Also during this time, the ancestral ancestor of Pre Vizsla of House Vizsla. Leader of the Mandalorian group Deathwatch during the Clone Wars managed to steal the Darksaber from the Jedi Temple. And then at some mm-hmm. point, oh yeah, ooh. 
And then at some point, the galaxy entered a state uh, known as the Dark Age. During this time, the Jedi-Sith War broke out. Early on in this conflict, the Old Republic capital world of Coruscant was taken over by the Sith during the Battle of Coruscant. Uh, Later on in the war, the Sith were driven off-planet by the Jedi during the liberation of Coruscant. Surprise, surprise, Coruscant's always being attacked. Yeah, it's not very secure for a galactic hub. I feel like it's invaded all the time. It is. Literally all the time. (laughs) In Legends and in Canon. Doesn't get a break. The And then the Old Republic managed to gain some of its strength after its forces had reclaimed the capital. Capable of going on the offensive, the Jedi were strong enough to finally end its ancient war against the Mandalorian clans. A battle between both groups on the planet Mandalore left the planet ravaged and lifeless. It was during this time, too, when the Sith were finally defeated. So... I think they mentioned it at some point in the Clone Wars as well when Obi-Wan goes to Mandalore. Um, how, and if you see the planet, it's not doing great. Like at all. And then, yeah. yeah. And then the um, Sith then ab- uh, abandoned their traditional homeworld of Moraband, which we discussed in a previous episode, which was renamed of Korriban. After it was scarred for by many wars, very few Sith remained by this point, and they ultimately destroyed themselves. One only one Sith Lord survived. Uh, Darth Bane re- reinvented the Sith by creating the Rule of Tooth. Henceforth, their ranks were limited to a Sith Master and a Sith Apprentice. Just like in Legends, uh, Darth Bane takes a prominent role of changing the Sith, even in canon, to where. There's only ever two Sith at a time. Yeah, I think that like Disney in this point, they're keeping things in their back pocket. That they know are big, like things that the fandom have mm-hmm. attached on to like Thrawn. They always kind of kept in their back pocket. Um, the Mandalorian the, Wars, the Mandalorian eventually. Wars. I've always said that. The Mandalorian Wars would make a great TV series. Um, yeah. Kind of like I would love to see it done in like. Um, Do you ever watch the Band of Brothers series? Yes. Yeah, I'd like to see it kind of like in that where it's more like the war gritty gritty. You're following just like a small platoon of either Republic or Mandalorians or maybe both. Um, I mean, we could see there was um, Disney put out the Star Wars celebration schedule about a week ago and um, they took it down. They deleted the tweet after an hour for being up because they uh, messed up to where they accidentally revealed a new animated series um, called uh, Tales of the Jedi, which in Legends, the Tales of the Jedi was comics based off of the Old Republic era and some other eras in the Star Wars universe. So we maybe see something. Who knows? All I know is I want it and I want more like golden age of Mandalore content. Not yes. I love the Mandalorian, but I want like, the golden age of Mandalore. Yeah. Give us like where like their planet is thriving or like their you know, their culture and everything is like dominant, not like, you know, scattered across the stars like it is in like Clone Wars or even in Rebels. 
more or less than rebels. Yeah. I mean, in Legends, the Mandalorians are so ferocious and so, like, prominent in battle that they are mm-hmm. basically, like, bringing the galaxy to its heel yeah. until, until Revan steps in. And it's just the ability of, like... It's not even the fact that Revan is a Jedi that wins. It's the fact that Revan has such a brilliant tactical mind. And Mm -hmm. there's a point where he becomes as ruthless as the Mandalorians. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, I mean, like the Mandalorians, like during the Mandalorian Wars, the Mandalorians switched from uh, beam or laser weaponry to ballistic weaponry because their lightsabers couldn't bounce back their bolts. It's like, oh, you're going to bounce back our blaster bolts? All right, cool. Here, take a like, you know, a giant bullet. Try to deflect that. Um, it's kind of like, like if you're a fan of Dragon Ball Z, the Mandalorians are kind of like the Saiyans in the sense of every single obstacle they face in battle, they just view as a new challenge to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it excites them and like gets their blood boiling um so yeah it's just like the more creative you are and the more you push the mandalorians the harder they push back yes Um, which is why revan kind of adopts this more ferocious uh ideology Mm -hmm. getting there because he's like i just have to destroy them in one thing because if i try to chip away at them conventionally they're just gonna come back stronger each time yep so then as the old republic fell apart as a result of the continuous wars the jedi order finally believed it believed itself victorious from its conflict with the sith who they believed had been destroyed completely finally peace was restored to the galaxy the shattered old republic reorganized itself into the modern galactic republic which would usher the in over a 1000 years of stability known as the great peace so Old Republic falls, they reorganize themselves to the what we know as the modern day Galactic Republic, and we have a long stance of peace throughout the galaxy where there's very little conflict. Um, as the Old Republic was restored in the form of the modern Galactic Republic in 1032 BBY, after the Galactic Republic's reformation, the Zygarians would continue to hold a grudge against both the Republic and the Jedi Order for the destruction of their slave empire. Which, I mean, surprise, surprise, of course, they're going to keep the grudge. And then the modern Republic was a democratic union that consisted of multiple star systems spread across the galaxy, with the exception of small-scale conflicts the, the the Jedi dealt with the Republic era was an age of peace and stability that lasted for over a millennium. So now we get into the era of the High Republic, which is a ongoing current time period that Disney is currently creating with the High Republic novels. Um, so it's continuously expanding as there is getting more books right now. Phase one of the novels is done. There's about like, I believe, between six and ten novels. If you include like the children books on top of the uh, novels and the young adult novels, which the young adult novels and the novel, the main novels and the young adult novels, the ones that you want to read because they're continuous stories where the 
the children novel, the children books don't really, you don't need to read those because they're not main to the story. So with the galaxy at peace, the High Republic era saw the Galactic Republic reach its pinnacle of power, its influence spreading across the furthest and less settled regions of the galaxy. By 232 BBY, during the Chancery of Lindus So, as a result of the hyperspace travel. Constructed along other way stations at a considerable expense and effort through many challenges over a long period of time, Starlight Beacon was designed to expand the Republic's domain to the unexplored dark zones, quote-unquote, of the Outer Rim territories, uh, because So's pledge to bring the region into the Republic's embrace, hoping the government could actually help the Outer Rim instead of simply flying through it or using it as another place to collect taxes. So this is a time where, you know, the Republic is trying to unite all the, the core worlds, the Inner Rim, and then the Outer Rim, all to become one Republic. Yeah, I just read about, um, so I'm reading through some High Republic comics right now, and like Starlight Beacon was just finished in its creation in the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're just, it's kind of like following a couple conflicts that happen after that. Uh, yeah, and it's been interesting. Yeah, the High Republic stuff's really, it's really cool to see them expand more into the earlier, like, it's not early years of the Republic, but stuff that we haven't seen even in Legends because this is all brand new stuff. And then, uh, although the Outer Rim was hard to navigate and dangerous to live in, many poor settlers traveled to the region, leaving colonies in pursuit of new lives. These dreams for the better lives were supported by the Republic, which, although uh, imperfect like the government, encouraged the hopes of its civilians whether their hopes be large or small. And then lacking a formal military due to the galaxy's peace, the Republic formed, uh, the Republic was protected by a small peacekeeping fleet known as the Republic Defense Coalition, which helped, uh, was helped by the Jedi Order. So this is also a time where the Jedi Order was actually very prominent in the galaxy. Um, they were more of a side faction alongside the Republic. Just like you see them like in the prequel series in the in the prequel movies, um, where the Jedi do their own thing alongside the Republic. The Jedi are doing a lot more during this uh, time. And you kind of really see them more in like this role of peacekeeper. Um in the high Republic, which I think is helpful because like you, we, the only time we have ever like seen Jedi in like the films is when, in a time of conflict in a time of war. Um, and so the high Republic has been nice to see the Jedi, like just handling different things across the galaxy, not the looming threat of a Sith with a big army coming to fight them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, also, I mean, since this is, a, this is in between uh, 232 BBY, that's what I said, um, Yoda is a prominent Jedi Master, a Grand Master, actually, uh, during this time, alongside, um, there's actually 
another grandmaster that is alongside him running the Jedi uh, order. Yes, I remember. And then uh, the partnership between the two parties would only increase when the Nihil conflict began. Uh, the conflict began when starships were abruptly knocked out of hyperspace in a galaxy-wide event known as the Great Hyperspace Disaster caused by the eye of the Nihil, Martian Rowe. A member of the Rowe family who destroyed the transport legacy run in hyperspace, which all of its remains came out of hyperspace in the Hetzal system, causing a sudden crisis as they are reframed upon the system, rained upon the system. So what happens in the Light of the Jedi book, and if you, if you want to read the book, I highly recommend it. And if you don't want spoilers, skip ahead. But in the book, uh, the Nihil use, they use different hyperspace lanes as the, what the Republic don't have. And the Legacy Run was a transport cruiser, just transporting people from one place to another. And a Nihil ship crashed in, like, hyperspaced into another hyperspaced uh, ship. And then that made all, like, the ships both get destroyed during in hyperspace and so now you have all these metal shards and pieces of the ships coming out of hyperspace at completely random places and it is it was a giant giant crisis to where like an entire planet almost got just wiped out so then um as the High Republic era grew to a close around 82 BBY, Jedi Padawan Sean remembered that the Nihil had launched an invasion of the Republic. And then I pruneth parentheses new info is still being made um, because the since the High Republic era is still being constantly constructed and developing as time goes on with new books. And hopefully we might be seeing uh, new shows. Uh, I, we do know the Star Wars Eclipse video game that Quantum Dream is working on is a High Republic game. So we will get a game in the High Republic era, at least at least for one. And then uh, four centuries, the Galactic Republic expanded not through the through the force, not through force, but by quietly ex- exerting a strong magnetic pull towards neighboring systems, the promise of trade with core worlds, um, how many systems in sway. Uh, luring non-member worlds into a tighter corporation with the state body. And as time went by, the Republic stirred firm, uh, becoming increasingly powerful. As a result, the galaxy remained free of any full-scale wars for centuries. However, many of the bureaucrats and senators that run the government continue to work for their own profit rather than common good. And then we get to the events of the prequel films of episode one through three, just like we we see in legends and you know in the films things eventually do not go the way they want to go and i think the high republic at least from the little snippets that i have read um it's very doing a very good job of like explaining how the republic gets to the point where it's at at the beginning of episode one yeah 
yeah uh, i've read i'm currently um i'm on the second to last book i'm like halfway through the second to last book and it, it's like you can see yeah they added a lot of new content in the in the books that we don't see in the prequel films and there is very specific good reasons why we don't see that stuff that you uh, for reading the books and then surprisingly the books can get pretty dark like for being like created by disney or for disney the books have pretty dark tones compared to like other things that we see disney create like for the animated shows yeah definitely um a lot of the books are like that and i think it's just that the authors are given a little more freedom than the showrunners or filmmakers are yeah i mean it's one thing you know them oh hey a tradition's arm gets cut off and like they go into detail with it in the book and then you go into like the movies or the shows so it's all off screen because they don't want to show that yeah, that uh so the comics I'm reading pick up his story like yes. right after uh Light of the Jedi. Yeah, he he's a like seeing a trend ocean Jedi alone is awesome. And then we do get another um Wookiee uh Jedi as well in the books as well. Which is nice to see more we, we see a lot more different different species as Jedi. Um, in the High Republic books, which is really good diversity, not just being humans or, you know, Yoda. Uh, we see a lot more diversity in the species, which is really nice. Which is all kind of what uh, I think George Lucas would have wanted. Like, he always wanted to add more aliens. Like, that was a dream of his from the mm-hmm. very beginning. Um, and so... I think that that's good that they're expanding more species of aliens to be included in the galaxy. Yeah. And, and it's nothing against George Lucas. The only reason, honestly, he wasn't able to is, is just the, the time of him creating the films, even the prequel films. Yeah. I mean, there was CGI, but it wasn't like what today's CGI is like there was limitations to what they could do. Yeah, Definitely. But yeah, that's what we got on canon uh, for the Galactic Republic. All right. Well, that's awesome. Do you have any like closing thoughts on the Galactic Republic? Um, not too much, really. It's just more of uh, keep in mind that with the High Republic novels, the um, Star Wars celebration is at the end of the month. So they did announce that we are going to be getting uh, they're announcing phase two of the books um for the high republic and then obviously we'll more than likely get more shows and more news of shows or games to where the history of the republic itself either either being in the high republic era or even in the old republic era hopefully uh we'll get more an expansion of that in the coming years yeah i hope so too all right well that's all thanks for listening And then may the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com.
Hello, vault dwellers. Join me, Jax's sassy lady rover, Eric, and the creator, Maverick, as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.